Well, hello out there, everybody. This is Winnie the Pooh and Tigger, too. And uh, also some guy named Jim Cummings. You're not going to believe this, but you are listening to the Canned Air Podcast. Good job. Keep it up. everyone and welcome to another episode of Candare, your tribute to comics and pop culture. I am Jeremy Colley. I'm Jack Doherty. And I'm Randy Hardenbrook. And joining us today, an actor whose work you've probably seen in films like Alita, Battle Angel, or the AMC series The Sons, or Fear the Walking Dead. Holy shit. Hmm. I mean, Walking Dead, come on. Come on. We welcome actor Bill Foster to the show. Bill, thank you so much for being here today. Hey, thanks for having me. Glad to be here. We're going to have some fun today. Uh, in our retro roundtable, we're going to be talking about some of our favorite westerns. And I'm excited to do that because I, I like the genre. I mm-hmm. thought it was going to be a really short list for me, but then it turned into a really long list. <laughs> <laughs> I told the wife about it, and she was like, oh, really? That's not fun. I'm like, you like Western? She's like, well, it's all my go-to. I'm like, it doesn't have to be. Then you're not my audience. <laughs> yeah. You don't listen to the show anyway. <laughs> we'll we'll rope some in or lasso some in there new listeners in with, with this <laughs> one. <laughs> yeah. Then we're going to turn our full attention right over to Bill and talk more about his career. But before we do that, don't forget to find us on Twitter at CandairPod and on Instagram at Canned underscore Air. If you like what we're doing, want to show a little bit of love, head over to Patreon.com forward slash CandairPod, $5 a month. Get you uh, on the Candare Patreon pod, Jack. There's a little bit more going over there now. Uh, why don't you explain that? Yeah, starting at five dollars, you get the Candare Patreon pod and a pin. A pin. Yeah. P i n, not P e n. P i n. Yeah, not a writing one. One you can actually like stick yourself and bleed with. You've seen them all over the social media as we've been posting. What's the next one? Ten dollars, I think, is after that. Yeah, yeah. That one is the. Put you on the spot. There's cool shit on there. Yeah. Is what we're getting at. Nightlight, Candare Nightlight. Yeah, Candare Nightlight. Uh, getting to be first in line to jump into the Candare streams that we're doing, the game show stream. Oh, there you go. So you yeah. get the room code before the rest of the the, uh, the minions out there. Right. Which tune in every Tuesday night at 9 o'clock to play that game with Jack and I, maybe mm-hmm. win some additional cool stuff. And also check us out every uh, morning, 7 to 9 on Redline Radio. Yeah, and one more thing. Boy, we just keep tacking on things at the beginning. It keeps getting longer and longer. We're going to have to work that out. Put Bill to sleep over there. <laughs> but if you are a, an actor, a podcaster, somebody who just needs professional uh, representation, give uh, Steve Joyner a call at 816-605-4561. I think he can help you out. Steve's a really good guy, and uh, I think, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and tell him your boys at Candy are sent you over. There you yeah, go. there you go. We, we get a free sub for every person we send over that way. So, yeah, we got to cash in on that. All right, let's kick it off with this week's Retro Roundtable. All right, our favorite Westerns. Uh, who wants to start us this week? Jack, why don't you kick us off? My top of the list, I'm going to start with that one. Because I that's it, it stands out so much. Tombstone, I've never Ooh. seen it. No, oh, it's no. a good one. Oh my gosh, it's oh, so good. I think Bill likes Tombstone. Yeah, <laughs> yes, love it, love it. I didn't know. You know, that's to me is a new question. I thought you was going way back, but yeah, Tombstone. <laughs> no. that's not too new. It's about what it's twenty what was years, nineties, I think, uh, ninety-five, somewhere along, something yeah. like that. Yeah, I always quote the movie wrong. I always say I'll be your Huckleberry, but it's. That's my dad's always go to. Okay. Doc Holliday in there. <laughs> Val Kilmer played him. Yeah, yeah. that guy. Nobody that... played that part any more than Val Kilmer. Yeah. <laughs> he killed. Nobody could be Doc Holliday except him. What was it? There was a movie not too long after that had well, to do with the Earps. It was Wyatt Earp with uh, Kevin Costner. That's and, right. Um, yeah. Oh crap! It was. It was. Three hours of wasted electricity. <laughs> yeah, Tombstone told the story so much better in yeah. two hours. So, yeah. so much better. Exactly. That is a masterpiece. I need to add it to the list. Yeah. All right. All right. Well, Bill, why don't you uh, give us your pick? Favorite Western? Favorite movie Western would be The Searchers with John Wayne. Oh, okay. man. I can't uh, think of that one... Uh, in particularly, but anything John Wayne, my God, I, I you oh, always, 
He's such a badass. That was just his pinnacle to me. That and The Shootist was his two best movies. But if you go on the TV side of it, Lonesome Dove takes everything. But I don't consider it a movie. I consider it a TV series type or a mini series. So, you know, I could, it's like picking ice cream, you know, which one's best. You know, <laughs> They're all good. <laughs> I understand that. And Lonesome Dove series, that was, what, in the early to mid-90s, I think? 1988. Oh, wow, even earlier than I remember. Okay. Was that long ago? Jeez. Yeah, yeah, definitely that long ago. All I remember that is just the title. That's about all I can remember of that. And I was well. <laughs> you know, I didn't see it when it first came out. I was working and, and was always working at night, you know, ball games and stuff, and really didn't ever see it. And and uh, when it came back out, of course, I memorized every word of it now. So. <laughs> <laughs> Recite it with my eyes closed. That's right. That's a good pick. All right. I, I guess, uh, do you mind if I go next, Randy? Yeah, go for it. I guess my uh, first pick here is, like, man, I'm torn between two. Okay, this was a movie that came out in the early 90s, uh, starring Paul Hogan, who was a... Uh, uh, Crocodile Dundee, mm, yep. and it had a Cuba Gooding Jr. in it called uh, Lightning Jack. Yes, wow. you ever seen yeah, that? I've seen that. Was <laughs> never saw it. It was it was good. He was a. Uh, it was set in the time of like Jesse James and all that yeah. stuff. And and Lightning Jack, who was Paul Hogan, like wanted so bad to be a notorious criminal, but he just kept screwing shit up every time. Yeah. Didn't he not talk to? That was Cuba Gooding Jr. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Cuba Gooding Jr. was kind of like a, like a broom boy at a hardware store mm-hmm. that was getting treated horribly, and he wanted to go off with him. So they, they just kept trying to <laughs> rob banks and foiling it. It was really, it was funny. So it was more of a comedy then. Oh, yeah. it was absolutely yeah, yeah, yeah. a comedy, but it was still, uh, you know, in the West. Right, right. Yeah. yeah. I fun. remember the first time he gave Cuba Gooding Jr. his gun. <laughs> he shot it was like a foot. shotgun with like no barrel. It was like ultimate shot off shotgun. Shot off shotgun. <laughs> He's like, shoot that fence. So he shoots the fence, and you just see a couple of little BBs hit it. And he's like, now, if anyone that far away, you're just going to piss them off. And then he yes. puts them in front of a barrel that was like 10 feet in front of him, disintegrated that thing. <laughs> <Yes>. That's hilarious. <laughs> and the reason he gave him that was because he had been trying to teach him to shoot cans, and he couldn't hit anything <laughs> to save his life. So yep. he just gave him the sawed-off shotguns. <laughs> <laughs> and that so kind of reverts back to the John Wayne movie. I think it's Rio Lobo, something like that, one of those Rio movies. Where James Caan was in it and he couldn't shoot, so they got him that shotgun as a double barrel sawed off. Oh man, yeah, that's that's a gun you don't. Well, no gun you want to find yourself in front of, but man, if yeah, you yeah just take out the holster. A holster too. Yeah, <laughs> it's like a foot off of his side, it looks like a fanny pack. <laughs> All right, Randy. So. Uh, during the summer, uh, my grandpa and I used to, I'd go over there and sit down and we'd watch um, some really old silent Western movies and kind of screw around and make up our own audio. Um, so we'd watch like The Great Train Robbery, which was an early uh, 20s silent movie. Yeah. We'd watch a lot with like Bronco Billy, Will Hart, Tom Minx, uh, a lot of those like really early like pre-talkies, just, you know, yeah. good guy, bad guy. <clears throat> and it's kind of funny because... What I found out later on was I always used to think that was, like, how the West was. Come to find out, most of those movies were made by Edison in the East Coast, so it was, like, a depiction of what they thought the West was. Oh, okay. So how how did it vary? It just, it was not as realistic. It was, if you watch some of them, you can tell they're, like, East Coast homes that they're trying to, like, go in through the windows and stuff like that. Yeah. And they, uh, they outfits were really outlandish and they really played up like the good guy always had the white hat on and the bad guy always had the black, black hat, hat. Yeah. <laughs> all right that brings us back to jackery how about i don't know it always jumps into my head good old bonanza it wasn't a oh, movie, you, but i just yeah. wrote that on my Did list you really yes but i love bonanza <laughs> yeah yes so it was you know it hasn't been that long that i've realized that little joe was uh michael landon michael landon yeah you didn't know that nope had no idea yeah. Until I was watching it and I was really paying attention to the credits. Because so I was like, that's uh, Admiral Adama from Battlestar Galactica is the dad. I can't remember his name. Oh, Lauren uh, Green. shit. I can't Lauren remember. Lauren Green. Lauren Green, that's it, yeah. There you go. And then they're like, and Michael Landon. I'm like, that's a, uh, what was the show that he was Little on? Little House on the Prairie. 
not that one. It was later. Highway on. to Heaven. Highway to Heaven. I was like, yeah. that's Highway to Heaven. I'm like, are you serious? <laughs> you need... And then I really sat in there watching him. You know him better from Highway to Heaven than uh, Little House on the Prairie. <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> See, I grew up with Little House. But then House just on the one, the family never changed clothes. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <I'm> serious. <laughs> they really did. <laughs> I love Bonanza, but for like whenever they were uh, doing, you know, shots on set, you know, outside shots that were clearly on set, that always just bugged me. Everything was far too clean, you know, like yeah. I've been on farms and stuff like that and i know it's not that clean unless you just built it <laughs> but uh no that's still a good show that's still a really good mm-hmm. show i enjoy that one a lot i get to watch it all the time when i go to the in-laws house it's usually that's on that's what's well, on lucky TV. you yeah get, watch some little house on the prairie that's some good stuff ah, i've tried watching that and it's i'd rather watch bonanza mm, i can see that <laughs> jack comes in no i want to watch little house of the prairie i want to watch laura engel <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. That brings us back over to you, Bill. Uh, the next favorite would be, uh, let's see, TV series. I'd say Gunsmoke. Oh, oh, that was uh, twenty-two years, something like that. Yeah, Matt Dillon. I think he's on the air twenty-two years. That was a long-standing series. That sounds really familiar. I, I feel like I should know that actually. I know the name. I never. I, I know. I'd never watched. Huh. It was on Monday nights. Gunsmoke is given credit for canceling Gilligan's Island because the the uh, president of, of I think it's NBC, wherever this, the station was up, they were on like Gunsmoke, and it came down to a tie. Do I want to put Gunsmoke or Gilligan's Island on? So he chose Gunsmoke, and they canceled Gilligan's Island. Wow. <laughs> Well, how long could those people be out there, really? I mean, (laughs) something was going on. They're still looking this good. How long had it been? Did you see the, uh, there was a Gilligan's Island, uh, like, reunion show or something where they actually got rescued, and they came back to mainland, and they were having a party and celebrating, and like idiots. They end up getting stranded. Back they on went the back out on yeah. a boat and the <laughs> boat got stranded on the same. <laughs> <Nope>. <laughs> oh, why did I watch this? Yeah. <laughs> why would you get on a boat ever again? <laughs> really? I'd be done. That'd be it. That's it. No more boats. Uh, you go back and watch Gunsmoke. You see a lot of, of uh, budding actors that Burt Reynolds started there. Uh, <clears throat> really? A lot of older ones finished their career there too. So, I love that's one thing I love about watching old movies and be like, oh my god, there's so and so when they were young. Yeah, 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 yeah. He had a line, or just walked by. <laughs> yeah, really. <laughs> then look at him now, starting the whole movie all by himself. Come along, yeah, hasn't he? <clears throat> Very good. Um, I guess you know I had I told you I'd just written down Bonanza. Uh, the other pick I had was The Rifleman uh, with with uh, oh yeah, what was it Chuck Connor? Chuck yeah, that was always a fun show. I loved that show. It always had the wholesome aspect. Like, but him and his son had a great relationship, and uh, I don't know. It was just such a, a good show. It, it, even to this day, watching it, it builds suspense. Does it? I think so. I mean, I get into it when, I, like, when there's a rifleman air, like marathon on. I'll get, I'll get into it. <laughs> I mean, I know he's going to win, but <laughs> he's the rifleman. <laughs> Yeah, it's really good storyline. The whole, you know, the father son, really different for that time period. Yeah, to be showing that. Did they ever yeah, say so what happened to the mom? I can't remember. I, I think she died of the fever. I believe what they said. Okay, that makes sense. Something like that. That would make but sense. Yeah, he, he raises the the boy and lives happily ever after. <laughs> <laughs> I always Except want to see him and the teacher, you know, get together. You know, that's, you're always rooting for him and the teacher to start dating and they just never would no no he had too much uh, what was his deal he had too much honor i guess too much yeah yeah i don't know loved him though he was good all right uh randy played for the los angeles dodgers is that right yeah yeah he played before he was an actor that's crazy wow i didn't know that yeah. wow that's cool as hell i'm gonna have to look into that <laughs> <laughs> uh, the next one for me, I'd have to say, is the uh, the magnificent magnificent seven, the uh, the original one, not the recent remake. So with Yul Brenner, Steve McQueen, okay, um, James Coburn. Yeah. I know I'm missing quite a few on that one, but uh, yeah, it was it was a great movie. I've never seen that. It's it's really hey, you good. need to the videography or, or cinematography is excellent on that one. 
Yeah. Really. And it always used to... I don't know why. I, was, I saw it young enough that I wasn't used to like the main characters dying, so a few of them do. I won't spoil it for you. <laughs> but um, that just kind of threw me there at the end. Sure. So I guess I wasn't used to... That's how you know you've got a, a good show or a good movie, you know, when they... You know, can take your expectations. The main, you know, that's why Breaking Bad was so good, right? Because when main characters start getting knocked off, I'm like, oh shit, nobody's, nobody's safe, safe yeah. here. Nobody's, <laughs> nobody's safe. anybody. So that's that's good writing. I dig. Yeah, that. it's like Lonesome Dove when when Robert Duvall got dies. Yeah, right. the, Robert the Duvall, Duvall died in Lonesome Dove, and everybody's just, oh, you can't kill off the main character, but they did. But they did that a lot, though, right, Bill? In westerns, I mean, it seems like most of. Oh, yeah. If you're a sidekick, you, you your life expectancy wasn't much. A lot of times. <laughs> you were a Star Trek red shirt, yeah, I guess. pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> All right, that uh, where are we back to? Back, back to, to Jack. What we got? Deadwood on HBO. Oh yes, I've heard that was really good. It was really good, but there's one thing about it that really just drove me nuts was how vulgar they were. Which yeah, I couldn't watch it because of that. It was probably historically accurate or something, but. They were just... I think they were going for, like, a record of how many times they could say the F word in an episode. Seriously, it got to be way too much, but... Really? Yeah. Just over-the-top swearing. I yeah. kid you not, I think one episode had, like, 132 uses of the F word. Oh, yeah. That, what, what, yeah, why? Uh, but then, yeah, a little bit that audio, but after a while, it's just like, come on, dudes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you could edit all that shit out and have, like, a 13-minute shorter episode. <laughs> it almost seems like they built and wrote everything around that that trope right there. Let's see how many times we can say the word fuck. <laughs> I don't even think that word was invented yet back then. <laughs> <laughs> this was not historically accurate. <laughs> that made me think that maybe it was more like that one back then because maybe a lot of the guys out in the West weren't really educated. Oh, no, they weren't. And then, I mean, usually you can tell that people aren't too smart, maybe, if they do swear a lot, because you can't really think of a lot of good words to... to, to <laughs> Their tell. list of adjectives are a little short. <laughs> That's it, exactly. <laughs> Common so clay of the West. <laughs> but that you was know. a pretty, pretty good show. Morons. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. <laughs> Anytime you can throw a Blazing Saddles reference yeah. in there. It's Gotta use them. Gotta use them. Don't even bring that one up. No. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> Bill's going to leave this call real quick. <laughs> All right. And that brings us back to Bill. Uh, I'm going to go with the shootest. John Wayne and Jimmy Stewart, both in the same movie, last appearance. That was the last appearance of John or uh, Jimmy? John Wayne, yeah. Yeah. Wayne's last movie, you know, died very shortly thereafter of cancer, and he's a gunfighter dying of cancer. So it really pinnacles, again, his career. And uh, I, I just, it was a turn of the century, so they're bringing in a lot of uh, new things like electricity and cars and things like that, but still hanging on to the old. And he wanted to go out with a bang, so he invited all these old nemesis to one big gunfight so he wouldn't have to die of the cancer. Wow. Richard Boone. Uh, let's see, Warren Beatty, I think was the other one, and a couple of others. But yeah, some big name stars in there that he'd fought in prior movies, and they'd bring movie clips of the old movies back, like a memory reflection. And uh, it was pretty neat. Ron Howard was in it. No he kidding. He called Ron Howard. Yep. And so him and Ron became really good friends on the set and off set, too. That sounds really good. And that's the shooter, you said? Shootist. The shootist. Shootist. Yeah, and that's, only, I believe, the only second movie he did that he died in. Wow. Sands of Evil was the first one. It's uh, It was horrible how, uh, I heard he at least, how he acquired cancer, John Wayne. They were filming a Western in some, I don't know why it was radioactive, but some, like, place that had radioactivity mm. happening and they they got everyone out of there and they had to do some reshoots in a studio like in hollywood or something and they brought in truckloads of the dirt from out there to rebuild the set you know they're bringing they, in that oh my god so they were i think maybe some other people on the uh, set acquired cancer as well i can't remember I didn't know that yeah, I think it was like where they were testing the A bomb out in the. Is that where it, I that think must, so? That makes sense. Yeah, out in the you desert. know when he did the uh, Emmy Award, that last appearance he made is so thin. They put him. They thought they'd be real smart and put him in a scoop of wetsuit underneath his suit, trying to give him support. And he nearly died then because he just sweated so much in that I wetsuit. Oh wow! Yeah, and just got off the stage and nearly collapsed, and they had jerked that off of him real fast. 
but they thought he'd give him support so he could stand up. Wow. I mean, at this point, you'd be like, John, you've done enough. Yeah. Just take it easy, dude. <laughs> yeah, some of them pretty women walked out there with him. You know, hold him up with some pretty women. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I'll take that over crutches any day. There you go. <laughs> All right. Um, I guess that's... I know this started as a uh, John Wayne film. I never saw the original, though. I saw Jeff Bridges' uh, remake, True Grit. Hmm. Mm. Oh I, yeah, I wanted to see that. I didn't see it. So good. Is it? Oh my yes. god! I, when they said they're remaking True Good, I thought there's no way. It's two different movies, same some same story, but so different. Yeah. But the new one is amazing. And Jeff Brothers Bridges is amazing. You know, he just yes. he just does so well in that role. And he I, does uh, almost any role he does in. Oh, that's true. He that's true. They had to learn how to talk in that movie because they could not use a. Uh, 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 constant, not constant, uh, conjections. Uh, you know, I am there and not, I'm not, you know, I'm aren't there or whatever. You yeah. Know. Contractions. I couldn't use contractions. Wow. That'd be difficult. Yeah. yeah it would. That'd be so hard. <laughs> and then you once know, you learn it to go back. Right? <laughs> yeah. You know, when he, when that guy falls out of a tree, he says, I do not know this man. That's why, you know, I, you know, today yeah. we'd say, I don't know him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Huh. I need to watch it again. It's been so long since I've seen it. I just remember just being at the edge of my seat. Like, this is so fucking awesome. Yeah, that girl was amazing, too. Yeah, I can't remember who that was. Do you? Haley, uh, I'll think about it after we get off the hair. But, yeah, that was her first movie. That's her first ever. Wow. Wow, that's impressive. Yeah, they said she was so good. It taught everybody to their, you know, had to get better. Yeah, watch that. I, I've got more of a list to watch than you guys do after this episode, but add that to your watch. I, I know I've got John Wayne to get caught up. I've on. seen I've the never original. Seen any of his stuff. I've seen the original True Grit with John Wayne, where that the famous scene where he's like twirling around the shotguns as he's riding. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I found that movie where they filmed that up in Colorado. Walked around, it's just like almost okay. I'm in, in hallowed ground. Wow, <laughs> that would be cool. All right, that brings us over to uh, Randy. Yes. So I've got a newer one for my uh, next pick. Um, it was a mini series, so it's not technically a movie, but um, Godless on Netflix. So basically, it is. I don't know a lot of the names of the characters, like the actors that play them. They're not a lot of really big names, except the villain is Jeff Bridges. Oh, well, so, that's the only name you need, isn't it? <laughs> so yeah, it's so jarring seeing, you know dumb and dumb, the dumb and dumber guy as this like hard ass like pastor. oh you mean jeff daniels i'm sorry not oh, jeff okay. bridges jeff daniels okay sorry sorry it's like dumb and dumb. <laughs> <laughs> sorry jeff daniels um just he's a very he's like a almost like a, a preacher mormon preacher type but he's this sounds really familiar it's, yeah it's an amazing like my wife does not like westerns at all and i got her to watch this and she was riveted and it's really? like 10 episodes or something like that but it's a really good watch you know, I, did, I auditioned for that movie. Did you really? Yeah, didn't make it, but I did. I well, did what audition. Part, what part did you audition for? Uh, extra. Just for the extras. Okay, okay. That's so cool. I want to be an extra. <laughs> oh, that's awesome, though. I uh, One last quick one here I think I'm going to mention before we move on, and it's a newer show, is Westworld. Yes. That was on my. You guys list too. seen that at I all? I've not seen that yet. I've watched I have not seen that. So, what it is essentially, Jack? You can help me set this up because I haven't got too far into it. But what I've seen, I love. It's set in modern times, if not in the future. It's, yeah, more future. But it's this company that big, like people with you know tons of money, can pay to enter this West World, which is a totally. Uh, refab- refabricated western town and mm-hmm. like, countryside and stuff and uh, you know it's like going into an online game you know like some of the people you see are real okay. but the rest of the people are like NPC kind of robot stuff yeah. so okay. it was just really cool these people pay big money and they go into this world that's they're allowed to do like, whatever they want they could be a bad guy they could be uh, nobody they can yeah. do you can just and go they there can't and live die either life. like they can't be killed yeah yeah Right. Yeah, but the like all the NPCs or robots, the people that what are they called? The I can't remember. I think the guests are the people that are there. The hosts, I think they're yeah the the robots that live there. They can shoot each other and tear each other up, do everything. But yeah, as a going in as a paid 
person, you can't get hurt. And Ed Harris is in that. He yes. plays oh. uh, uh, the bad guy, the seemingly the bad guy. Again, I haven't got far enough to see, but he looks like he's up to <laughs> some malicious stuff. He's and it's Ed Harris. I mean, yeah, he's a good he's bad, bad guy. <laughs> We've got, we finished, I watched the, the first season twice because I started it with Misty and then she fell off the wagon and I had to keep going. Yeah. And then she came back <laughs> on and we watched it again and started the second season. And it's a little, it's so because you know everything that's going on and what happened, it's weird to pick up and keep going on with what's happening. It's weird in the second season. Hmm. Yeah. I don't know how to take that. I'm, gonna have, a, I'm just going to have to watch it. I I gotta, think. Yeah. I think I said, we only got maybe three episodes in, so maybe we just got to keep plugging at it. Yeah. Cause I know there's a third one that just came out. Right. Right. Yeah. It, I mean, seemingly so far it looks like a really cool show. Yeah. It was really good. I'd plop that money down, I think. I'd go into a West I would love to do that, yeah. But it looks like it's, it's like going to be a Jurassic Park scenario where, like, all the NPC, like, things become sentient and start killing or <laughs> something like that. It seems like something's about to go haywire, you know? <laughs> so maybe I'll wait and see what haywire shit happens before <laughs> I decide if I want to visit Westworld. But. All right. Any uh, other picks we want to mention before we move on? No, you finished off with my with my last one. That was going to be the same one. Westworld? Too. Yep. Yeah. Bill, you have anything? To uh, I think you got to have open range on there. Open range? Yes, Kevin Costner and uh, Robert Duvall. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. The one where they take back the town? Yes, amazing, amazing movie from modern day. I haven't seen that one. That was probably, what, late 90s, early 2000s? Uh, yeah, probably 2000, 2002. Let's see. I was trying to remember. I met Robert Duvall one time. They just finished filming it, and he called it his trilogy. But uh, yeah, it was great. Yeah, yeah, I remember the the end fight scene. Basically, there I forget the plot. It's been a minute, but at the very end, there, the, those two are trying to take back a town from a group of bandits, and like slowly, like the townspeople start helping them. Right, Bill? Mm-hmm. Yep. So like, yeah, you see, like they'll start locking the doors, and the bad guys will try and get in, and they're like blowing them away through the doors, like the town. Oh, that's are. sweet. Kind of like the three yeah, nothing like shooting through the doors. I was just thinking that I was like, this sounds like the Three Amigos. <laughs> <laughs> El Guapo was going to be taking the town over. A little different. <laughs> and a good note to end on. Yeah, I think I was thinking the exact same thing. I was like, man, this sounds a lot like Three Amigos. <laughs> Oh, but that probably came first, didn't yes. it? No, no. What year did you say? Or no, you said no. that was like early 2000s. Yeah, yeah, yeah three amigos. Way, way before. Copycats. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Enough jesting. Let's turn our attention over to Bill and talk about uh, his career in acting. Bill, I want to thank you for being here. And it's, I love. I say it all the time. These guys are probably sick of hearing me say it, and I know the listeners got to be. But I love. An, an artist's path into the either the acting field or you know voice acting or comics or whatever it is we're talking about. And uh, one thing I read about you is that you had been, wanted to be an actor since you had been in second grade. Is that correct? Exactly. Yep. Yeah. The teacher went around the room asking everybody what they wanted to be when they grew up, and, and I was going to tell them actor like Elvis Presley, John Wayne, you know, and. Uh, the, the girl next to me said she wanted to be an actress, and all the other kids laughed at her. So I said, I'm not going to say actor. I don't want anybody laughing at me. <laughs> so I made up something, you know. And, and uh, we worked with kid, uh, a lot of the students in theater. My son was a theater major, so, you know, we did the stage side of it a lot. But, yeah, I, you know, when back in the old VHS days and DVDs, first thing I'd watch was how the movie was made and behind the scenes. Yeah. And I was just always intrigued on how movies were made. It's interesting as all hell. And oh, that's yeah. it's another benefit to uh, doing this show, talking to the people and, you know, talking about the behind-the-scenes stuff. Love that stuff. Mm. Adore it. So, yes, a lot goes on back there. Yeah, <laughs> a lot. A lot of people. And so, again, this has been a dream of yours since you were in second grade, but it wasn't until about 2017 that you uh, finally started to uh, go after that dream. So... I know you were a, uh, a school principal, a superintendent uh, for years, right? You mm-hmm. retired from that profession? Yes, sir. I retired in January 2016. So I'd say I acted all my life because I acted like I liked my job. But now it's a job. <laughs> <laughs> I had spent 33 years in education and, and figured I'd tortured everybody long enough and it's time to get out and do something different. And, <laughs> and sure enough, I sure did do something different. 
Uh, yeah, I would say so. And it'd be cool to be uh, one of those students to then see your principal. Yeah. If principal? I saw any oh, of definitely. my principals yeah. or superintendents in a film, I'd be like, what, what, what? <laughs> What's happening? <laughs> that was my principal. I couldn't stand I that. Get that. I get that a lot. Yeah, yeah, I bet you probably do. So let me ask you then, uh, from second grade up until 2016, is, is acting just been like a tick on the back of your neck like something that's always there something you always think about or is it just something that kind of came back to uh you know the surface after retirement i think it came back and you know writing kind of kicked off earlier than that and uh i've always loved writing and, and i wrote a lot at night you know when i was still in, uh, working in education but uh yeah it, it came back you know i was sitting there and I was looking on Facebook one night in, in 2016 and saw where they were having the open casting call for the sun. I thought, well, why not? You know, I'm retired. I'll go down there and stood in line with 1,500 other people in Austin, Texas. And, and lo and behold, I thought I'd just be really lucky if I could be chosen to walk down the street one day. And, and I was picked to be a featured uh, recurring character extra, which means you're right there beside the stars, you know, Pierce Brosnan, James Parks, and us were out there side by side working. You just didn't have any lines, and and was in five episodes of The Sun, and that's what got it all started. That's Frank, yeah, incredible. And uh, you know, kind of like we were uh, talking uh, with uh, Help Me last week's guest, Derek K. Long. Yes, you know he's uh, fairly new in the acting gig himself, and uh, we were talking with him about a lot of actors sometimes have to do a lot of projects they don't want to do or, uh, you know, just have to really get their time in before they're working alongside uh, someone like James Bond. <laughs> you know what I mean? So uh, yeah. for that being your first first job, you know, having the acting bug most of your life and then your first job, you're standing next to uh, Pierce Bronson. What was that like, man? Amazing. <laughs> you know, yeah. first, you know when, you're, when it first come when you first get on set and you see the guy, and the other people that, you know, James Parks and the others, you are really taken back. And then you realize, hey, they're people just like you and me, and they've got a job to do. And, and Pierce would come over and talk to us every once in a while. And, and you know, how's it going, guys? You, man, you're doing a good job. In fact, after one scene, he shook my hand and said, good job, chap. And so I, nice. I wish I could have that frame, you know, somewhere. <laughs> but, but uh, you know, that was just an amazing run. It's probably still one of my favorite runs because I'm so new and get to just jump in there with Pierce Brosnan and James Parks. And I played a really bad guy. In fact, as soon as I found out my role, I called my wife. I said, you're not going to like my role at all. <laughs> so I had a friend. I finally told him to just quit watching the show because he, he kept saying, I can't believe the way you're treating people. And I said, it's a movie. And I said, I didn't write it. And he just kept saying this, that. And I said, change the channel. Just quit watching it. You know, <laughs> I'm not really that bad. <laughs> and then, uh, you know, I always feel like the looks kind of, you want to look everything old west. So, you know, I always have a cigar or something like that in my hand. And people are like, I didn't know you smoked. I don't. Oh, yeah, we saw you on TV. You're smoking. <laughs> I don't. But just fake it real well. You know? <laughs> it's so weird. And I people have trouble separating the actor or actress from from the role you know it reminds me of a story i heard uh, you guys remember the wonder years mm-hmm. remember uh, mm-hmm. his brother that was always bullying him i can't remember is it was it wayne wayne yeah yeah that dude in real life was always getting treated like shit i think he was even accosted a few times in a bar by because people, he was such a punk. Because he was that bully <laughs> older brother that so many people had. And he's like, yo, yo, I'm a nice guy, you know? <laughs> That's not really me. <laughs> like Bruce Dern, you know, he, he kills John Wayne in the Cowboys, and he can't find work because nobody likes him anymore. He killed John Wayne in the height of John Wayne's career, you know? Oh, wow. And he had That's a hard horrible. time finding work after that because people didn't, couldn't man. separate the two. So, Bill, after playing, like, a real bad character, how bad did you want to go back and walk through the halls of your school being like, uh-huh, uh-huh, told you, yeah. don't mess with me. Look, yeah, go back to high school with my that old West outfit, and yeah, look at me, bad. <laughs> Get away from me. You know, all them bullies that picked on me when I was smaller than everybody else. Yeah, <laughs> look at me now. I'm six foot five now. I've kind of grown since the days they picked on me. <laughs> wow, six foot five. Jeez. Wow. You taller than they thought I was tall. I yeah, you dwarfed me. I saw a uh, classmate here a while back, and he was always whooping up on me. And he didn't come about my chest. I started to say, let's meet up back. I want to repay you for a few things. <laughs> <laughs> no, I didn't. 
<laughs> got some stuff to settle. It's about time. Yeah, that's right. Then I got to do a lead of Battle Angel with Christoph Waltz, and then uh, Ballad of Buster Scruggs with Cohen Brothers. You know, there's the three of the biggest I've done. Did a lot of independence along the way to get to that point, but but I did. Those are my three biggest that I'm really pleased with. And then, of course, Fear of the Walking Dead. Yes, yes. Now, looking at your IMDb, you know, it seems obviously there's a lot of uh, like Western movies, uh, TV roles and stuff. Now, are those particular roles you're going after or do they just see Bill Foster and they're like, oh, this guy's going to be good in our Western? That's a lot of it. You know, fit the mold, uh, fit the look. And so I get picked a lot for those because Mm -hmm. of the look. You know, if you ever go to acting school, they'll tell you right up front the first day. 90% 90% of the roles is, is decided on your looks, if you look the part, and then 10% on your acting skills. And so, uh, really, you know, and you, you know, I can't apply for a 25-year-old man. You know, it's not going to happen. Right, but right. being a gray beard, I can get that, get that uh, rustic old-looking cowboy that's uh, come off the, it's come off the hard, dusty, dirty, and ready to go drink some whiskey. I wonder what I would be cast as. I'd be like pumping gas or something. I don't. I don't know what my life I'd be cast. Jack Doherty is El Guapo. <laughs> Three amigos. I want to say stuff about dashing good looks, but I think it's the other. The other end of the <laughs> So uh, one other thing I read online was that, uh, and again, what I had read looked like it was written in like 2018. But then you had been working on a script for stage called uh, Widow Home or Window Home. Excuse me. Window, uh, windows Home. Yes, Windows Home. Yeah, are you yes, able to tell us uh, we, about that? You bet. They actually performed it in uh, Brownwood at a community theater, and they performed it nine times and had nine standing ovations. Wow. And it's a, a split split screen on stage, if that makes sense. There's two things going on at once. Uh, you know, of course, one side of the stage will darken while the other and lights up. But it's about this young couple in the 60s, and I love period pieces. But uh, they fall in love, and doggone it, as soon as they get married, he gets drafted in the Marines, and they ship him off to Vietnam. So oh. the first part of the play is about that transition, you know, having to come in and tell his wife he's just got drafted and he's going to the boot camp, and then he comes home, and everybody's excited to see him, and he tells him he's got to go to Vietnam. And then his, his, his luck, as soon as he gets there, he gets captured by the North Vietnamese and put in a, in a POW camp. And so they made this promise, him and his wife, that they would write letters every day well, he can't write letters in the POW camp, so he goes to his window that he can see out of, and he talks to her, and she looks out her kitchen window, and they look at each other, and it just so happens, you know, it's 20,000 miles apart, but on stage, they're actually looking at each other through the two windows, oh, and that's wow. why I came up with Witness Home, and so she would talk to him, and he would talk to her 20,000 miles apart like you would if you're gone somewhere and you want to talk to your wife. You just, you know, lay in there in bed, look at the moon or whatever, you know. Sure. And so it kind of tied them together. She wanted to face the west, and so she had her bed brought in from her bedroom put in the kitchen so she could have a west window. And so that's what she felt like if she could look out west, she could see him, almost see him, and just wait for him to come home. And I, I tried to also really show how not only is a soldier at war fighting, but everybody at home fights too. You know, not having the husband there and, and the lonely times and everything that was going on during Vietnam and, you know, trying to bring a lot of that in there. And so when the director, she directed it, did an amazing job. And the music, you got to have that 60s rock and roll music in there. And she did an amazing job putting that in there. In fact, had a lot of requests for soundtrack, you know. <laughs> oh, man, there you go. Nice. Uh, but, uh, had uh, some great actors and actresses and hated to see it coming in, really. And so hopefully that'll be picked up someday and, and taken on to another. And we just finished uh, I've Got Your Six while we're on the military side of it. It's a modern-day Western, but every person in the movie that's in front of the camera is a veteran, military veteran. Oh, wow. So I used all, all military veterans and stories about a uh, old World War II veteran. He's 93 years old, and he's in a nursing home, and he— gets a newspaper one day and he sees that uh, his old farm fixed to be turned into a shopping center and they made the comment it was a worthless piece of land and so he wants to go see his farm one last time before it's a shopping center. He escapes from the nursing home and, and uh, goes out to his farm and, and uh, a deputy that finds him is a is a and is actually an Iraq war veteran but that's the way I wrote it is an Iraq war veteran and so they, they bond right there and and the, the captain is not a veteran, and so he's just saying, bring the old man in, you know, put him back in the nursing home. 
And the deputy's like, nope, you can have my badge. You can do whatever you want to. I'm not coming in. And I don't know about there, but in small town Texas, everybody's got a scanner. Seems like and they all listen to the to the uh, police broadcast and knows what, knows what their neighbors getting arrested for and everything. And uh, all these veterans hear this argument going on in the radio on the scanner, and so all of a sudden they everybody just all the veterans in town just drop everything they're doing and go go out and help protect the old man from anybody. Don't let him stay out there as long as he wants. And uh, really turned out well. I don't know if you're familiar with uh, Bill Evans, a jazz pianist back in the '60s and '70s. I know he won like for a, sure, yeah, eight, 18 Emmys, I believe he won. His son Evan is my music composer, and he's just doing an amazing job on that. You know, it just makes the movie so much better. That's crazy. It's a, and that's a short movie. It's like 18 and a half minutes or so. Which it's, you think a short movie would be easier to make than a feature. In a way, it is. You know, we're done filming in two days, but you got to cram so much in there right. in two days, right. and you got to be able to tell the story without really, you know, another Stretching thirty minutes of telling the story. Yeah, and so uh, that one's fixing. In fact, it's it made the finals at the Wild Bunch Film Festival out in Arizona right now, and uh, we in in that movie we're nominated for best actor, best supporting actor, uh, best music and best songwriting best short movie and then best director that is absolutely amazing (laughs) we got our fingers crossed maybe we might bring one home one award home anyway (laughs) wow that is awesome man again only since 2017 Uh and look at all this oh my god so jealous that's awesome man now bill if (laughs) if somebody wanted to see that later on where would they go to to find that Right now, our lawyers are, are pitching it to distribution because uh, there's with COVID, usually they don't buy uh, shorts, but mm-hmm. there's not that much out there for them to buy right now, new material. So there's a possibility that that might put, be put on streaming devices. And so we're kind of waiting on that and waiting to hear back from the lawyers on there because they're going, they're pitching our feature Western also at the same time. So uh, as soon as we find out, we'll let you know and get the word out. Yeah, absolutely. That's I awesome. want to see it. Yeah, I do yeah, too. I do too. Awesome. I was hanging on his every day. I forgot yeah, we were doing here. an interview. I was just sitting there. <laughs> yeah. The two actors that, that were nominated, they just did a phenomenal job. And, and you know, we had a counselor on set in case any of the military uh, veterans had trouble. And sure enough, she had to check on a few of them. But some of them came to me and told me that they really had a hard time because once they got out of the military, they went back to their family and went on about the work. And all of a sudden now they're around 80 veterans and it really brought back a lot of memories for them. And so they were having to kind of really uh, suck it up to keep be able to keep going. That, you know, the one is easy to turn around and leave. But the basis of the movie is even, no matter how low you feel or alone or whatever, there's always a group of veterans that will stand behind you, whether you know they're back there or not. And so that hints the, work, the title, I've got your six. That is nice. really freaking cool. I mean, you're getting a cool story, but also, you know, there's a good message uh, even aside from the yeah. One in the movie. That's yeah. awesome, man. Thank Amazing. You. I was going to ask you next about future endeavors, but I think you just answered that. Unless you have anything, any other uh, irons in on the fire. Well, we're wrapping up. We finally got uh, cleared to film the last three days of our feature western showdown on the Brazos, and you can look at our uh, award-winning trailer on YouTube on that. And uh, but uh, we'll finish it up September 11th through the 13th, and then hopefully have it, as they say, in the can quickly thereafter. Uh, we thought we were through, and when we went back and put it together, we just felt like there's some areas that we need to improve on, and, and so I went back and wrote some more scenes, and so that's what we're filming. We had three weekends scheduled to film. We got two of them filmed, and COVID hit, yeah. shut us down, and uh, now we finally got cleared to shoot these other three days' worth, and so get that done. And then uh, next spring, hopefully, we'll kick off the, the – we're in pre-production right now. It's called I Heard the Quail Whistle. It's another Western but it's got a little twist to it that the woman is a hero in it rather than the old John Wayne guy. So uh, hey. it's got a little different little different angle to it. That all sounds amazing, hopefully man. Hopefully we get some of that in New Mexico. That's my goal right now. And, uh, you know, have an A-lister for the female and an A-lister for the uh, old marshal that they're trying to get him to retire, and he refuses to. So uh, Jeff Bridges would be amazing in that spot. In the, <laughs> yeah. about him earlier, Robert Duvall, you know, so, something like that that, you know, Oh, you're old. You know, you need to hang up your spurs and go home. And they refuse to. And he comes along and helps this lady out. And so uh, she, in a nutshell, she goes from victim to vigilante. And uh, she's got to go along, go through a lot of 
process to get there. But, you know, the women back then were so strong, but yet couldn't be heard. Right. Because, yeah. you know, they couldn't even vote. Uh, they were just part of the family, but they also, you know, they held the family together. And, and the husband rule was an iron fist, but they were so strong to be able to keep everything, the family together. You know, husband was working the fields. She was back there taking care of kids, feeding the hogs, milking the cows, and then go out and work in the field and come back and do it all over again. I tried to really show that when I wrote that story. I cannot wait to see that. Thank you. You said that's that's uh, cur- that's currently in production or pre-production, pre-production, and we're going to try to film that next year. Okay, you have to let us know. Yeah, well, we'd love to get yeah. you back on to hear more about it. Yeah, absolutely. Didn't wait, can't wait. Well, uh, one last question for you. Uh, you know, I always like to ask uh, people in your position, uh, I guess, for advice to give to somebody. You know, who's just uh, kind of starting where you were in like 2015 or 16, you know, somebody who wants sure. to get into acting but uh, doesn't know where to begin. I read an article and I've lived by this article. It says if you want to do that, you take every job that you're willing to do. You know, don't don't get out of your bubble. Uh, you know, uh, when we talk about things like that, we only mention that side of the film industry. But uh, some people get suckered into it, of course. Mm-hmm. But take everything you can get. You're not going to get lines right away. you got to serve your time. But you may just only get a bag of potato chips. You may not even get that. You know, I've been on some independents. They said, okay, lunch break. You went and got your own lunch. Uh, you drove yourself down there. You paid for your own hotel or however you stayed. I've camped out. I've stayed in trailers, I, you know, everywhere I can. But if that's what you want to do. And then all of a sudden your resume starts getting bigger. And, uh, you know, I was real fortunate on the sun. And, and then it, it really stemmed into those others. You just got to keep plugging along. And like I said, eventually uh, you do start making a little bit of money as extra. And if you want to have a lot, some extras don't ever want to be anything but extras. And that's great. If you're a good extra, try watching a movie with no extras, you know, or yeah. watch, watch a movie with bad extras. Watch a movie with bad extras, even worse. But, uh, <laughs> but then there's extras that's trying to get over into the other side uh, with lines. And that, that will come. You just got to take your acting classes. You keep chugging away and doing that. And you'll, it'll eventually happen. And, uh, you know, and then, of course, I crossed over to the director's side, which I love. It, it's probably 60, 40, 70, 30 uh, with directing. Because I, the, if you're an actor, you create that one part of the puzzle or one part of the picture. As a director, you create the whole picture. Mm-hmm. And so... Uh, it gives you a little more creativity, and, and that's where we've got our Quail Whistle Productions, and we're trying to do that. And, and so, you know, I won't ever do another where I'm directing, acting, and producing all three. <laughs> <laughs> I can because, see that being challenging. You know, another yeah. start out with four act, four or five actors, you know, and we're just going to do a little trailer and call it quits. And then all of a sudden, it took hold, and we've got over 250, fixed to be 300 actors, and. and uh, and a full crew, and the budget went out the window a long time ago, you know, because I'm not going to do this stuff right. And uh, I've mortgaged off all my grandkids and my kids and three dogs, you know. <laughs> it's almost well, a country I, I song. I haven't her off yet, so. <laughs> <laughs> well, very good. But, yeah, uh, just Bill... hang in there. you got to keep after it. That's oh, good. and if you're aspiring, I was going to tell you this, if you're an aspiring director or something like write you a little script, it doesn't have to be fancy, and get your iPhone and get some friends and put it together in the backyard or wherever. And you, you get the general gist of it, and you can build from that. And and so, you know, anybody in junior high and high school, they can go out there and do that if they're interested in it. And, you know, just keep trying and plugging away. I don't know how many people from the showdown have launched film careers trying to make movies on their own now. So it's amazing. Yeah. I can count four off the top of my head that's actually went on to – to trying to make movies and making a few shorts and things like that that got in there and gave them the confidence that they could do it and took off. Either that or they look, it looks so easy. When I did it, they, they thought it would be easy. found out it's not quite as easy as it looked. <laughs> Isn't that always the way? And everybody right. has a, po- a, a, a really nice camera in their pocket now, so you know, yeah. everyone's got exactly. the capability to exactly. do that. Yeah, that's a microphone built in. Yep. Exactly, exactly. Well, that's that's great advice. And um, Bill, where should we be directing people? I know you have a profile on uh, IMDb. Where else should people be checking you out? Go to Facebook, uh, just under me. We're building a web page, but it's just been happening so fast we hadn't got there yet. 
but just Bill Foster on Facebook. I'm very noticeable, black hat. It's one of the pictures out of my showdown. Uh, we've also got a showdown on the Brazos page on Facebook. I would say just go to that and stem because that's where we put, like I just posted this morning, we were needing some young actors and actresses. So I've been running 90 miles an hour a day, me and my wife trying to get all these new applications in, costumes, trying to find things like that. And so uh, on top of scheduling the whole day. So just check out my Facebook page. We keep everything pretty well updated on that. And when we ever get a web page, we'll sure get that word out too. And yeah, just let us know and we'll uh, post that on with this episode's post when it happens. Well, thank Let's you. Let's take a trip to Texas. Hey, there I you am go. always You're down. Always I'd love to go to Texas. <laughs> Come on down here and to my vineyard. I'll have some wine next year. We harvested this year, so we'll have a little wine to drink. There but you know, it takes a lot of beer to make wine, so. <laughs> now that sounds like, a, that sounds like worth going go. to Texas yeah. for. Oh, yeah. yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Well, Bill, thank you so much for taking some time to talk with us, man. Well, thank you so much for having me. I've enjoyed every second of it. Yeah, me too. It's been yeah, a good yeah, episode. Yeah. Jack, what do we have on the website? Go to candairpodcast.com where you can check out show highlights, info, get guest info. Here we go. <laughs> You're messing me up now. <laughs> Go to candairpodcast.com where you can see show highlights, guest info, listen to the show, follow us on all our social media, become a patron, buy some merch, see some of our YouTube videos, and if you'd like to be a guest and promote your work, send us an email on our contacts page. Look at you, got it out like butter yeah. that time, didn't you? Uh, Twitter, candairpod, Instagram, canned underscore air, uh, Patreon. Dot com forward slash pod. I'm trying to mix it up. I, I, I always say the same robotic so things that I don't even know what I'm saying anymore. <laughs> uh, what else am I forgetting? Uh, check us out every mon- uh, Monday through Friday, 7 to 9 a.m. on redlineradiollc.com. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, check Jack and I out every 9 p.m. Tuesdays. Some win some stuff. Win there some it is. prizes. Candare Moich. It's yep. flowing. It's a flowing. It's yeah. coming in, isn't it? <laughs> All right, I think that's going to do it for this week. So until next time, I am Jeremy Colley. I'm Jack Doherty. I'm Randy Hardenbrook. And I'm Bill Foster. Thanks so much for listening, everyone, and be excellent to each other. Oh, no! Don't run! It'll only make things worse! What? Remember, you never want to approach a stray dog, especially one that's foaming at the mouth. Get away from the animal as quickly as you can and tell a grown-up. And knowing is half the battle. G.I. Joe! Man, I'm, I, you know what I, uh, I, I, I kind of want to pull Walker in here to this conversation. Give me credit. This has been a Canned Air production. Don't you know that you're a grown up? I'm a grown up. Me too. Yep, me too. But you know, these days being a grown up can really suck. Luckily, we're grown ups who grew up in the coolest generation. We had video arcades. And also some of the best TV and movies ever made. We lived the origin of awesome consumer electronics. The list goes on and on. Yep, Generation X. Exactly. And we're Gen X Grown Up. Every week, the Gen X Grown Up podcast explores media, tech, toys, games, and more from both yesterday and today. Through the eyes of Generation Xers who absolutely love that stuff. You can find us on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Or find us on our website, genxgrownup.com. Alright, you think that was good enough? I I hope so, man. I'm tired. (laughs) Who listens to a promo on a podcast and then goes and listens to a different podcast? I've never done it. (laughs) Right.